And sometimes, and sometimes I gotta, uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta, uh, and sometimes, and sometimes I gotta, all right guys welcome to the inaugural podcast of the 476ers podcast this is going to be my new podcast not my first podcast however not that the other podcast was really successful um just to give you a little bit of me i'm brian uh if you didn't know already for most of you who are probably just my friends listening for now um I love the 76ers. I love sports generally. Born and raised in Philadelphia, spent some time in Jersey, and now I'm here. Um, father of one, and that's pretty much all that matters. So uh, please don't make fun of the artwork yet. It's a work in progress. It's something that I did on my iPhone, and honestly, it's pretty, pretty good if I'm going to be real. Um, and I don't think a lot of people could have done a lot better than that on such short notice. So, uh, yeah, and short notice because there are things we got to talk about before that. Like and subscribe, please. Um, like and subscribe on Instagram, on SoundCloud, on Twitter. I'm probably not going to make a Facebook because, uh, okay, boomer. Uh, and yeah, so let's talk about <clears throat> why this had to happen on such short notice. Well, I've been talking about doing this for a while. Uh, if you know me, you know that I procrastinate. So this is probably six months to six years after the first thought of doing a podcast about the Sixers. And the reason why we had to do it today is to talk about what happened last night. And what happened last night? Well, <laughs> according to some people, uh, especially Sixers Twitter and Twitter in general, uh, which we'll talk a lot about because Twitter is the place. Uh, if you don't know, Twitter is where you got to be for all basketball stuff. I mean, that's where you get everything up to date when it's happening before any news outlet uh, has it. I mean, yeah, so so not even to spend a lot of time on Kobe, but that's kind of where we found out first uh, what happened to him. So uh, Twitter is where you should be. So on Twitter and on Instagram, our uh, favorite son, uh, soon to be ex-favorite son, and I'll get into that, Joel Embiid, decided to set a fire. And if you're to believe the guys on Twitter, everyone kind of believes that this was a troll job uh, and that he's just joking around. Uh, and I don't think he's just joking around. I don't think it's just a troll job. Um he posted the picture and whatever his caption was, the famous uh, Batman line, which everyone always just misuses, uh, either something, something too long until you become a villain, whatever it is. I'm not going to give it too much light. But um, and what does that mean? What exactly is he talking about? So then Jimmy Butler replies to that comment and Joel replies to his comment. And Jimmy says, I know a place where they love villains. And Joel pretty much just replies in the affirmative. Um, is this a troll job? No, it's not. And we, I think everyone saying that it is a troll job is more of a nervous reaction. It's like a nervous laugh at finding out that the guy with the gun was just joking. But then you find out that the gun is still loaded and it's still a real gun. And now this is not really a joke anymore. Um I don't I'm not saying that this is signaling his departure, but when you look at some of the recent developments and some of the recent comments, you got to wonder what is going on through his mind. Um, everything to me 
points to him obviously not liking to play without Horford. I think that's been pretty much apparent since, I don't know, like November. Um, and now there are rumors and reports coming out today that they're going to probably take Horford to the bench, which probably should have happened in, I don't know, November, um, when everybody could see clearly and apparently that this was not working, that there is no coaching you can do that's going to turn out Horford into J.J. Redick as a floor spacer. So, um, and, and let's just be honest. I mean, I, we'll spend time on Horford too, but I mean, he's just, you know what, let's, Leave Horford to the side for one second. Let's talk about Joel Stowe. So <clears throat> then the other night, and, and <laughs> can't wait to talk about Horford. Anyway, the other night, um, Joel does the good old shush to the crowd and screams, shut the fuck up. Uh, who is he talking to? Uh, I mean, I floated a couple ideas. I mean, it's it's obvious. It, it's too obvious to say he was talking to Al. I don't think he was. Um <laughs> To me, he's talking to either the fans, uh, that's option two, or what I think is more likely actually is that he's talking to um, Shaq and Chuck and and any pundit that's saying, hey, Joel, you know, stop being 30 feet from the rim, get to the rim. And the evidence would suggest that because last week there were comments that Joel made saying, uh, you know, if you understand basketball and spacing, he needs to space the floor for some of the guys on the floor. And I don't think that was a shot at Ben. I think that's easy. It's easy to construe that. But considering that Ben and Joe have had success together, I don't think that's a shot at Ben. I think pretty clearly that's a shot at Al instead. Um, and, you know, so that's what that was. So he hits that three pointer. Uh, he goes one of three from three, uh, which isn't terrible. Uh, you know, that's not bad. He has a, a pretty good game, honestly. You know, good defensively. Blocked more shots than he's blocked in, I don't know, like a year. Um, and, you know, just kind of looked engaged. But this happened against a hapless Bulls team um, that made it interesting for really no apparent reason. Um, we haven't been good in a while. And obviously there are the road struggles compared to the home struggles, uh, but we've been losing to some good teams. Uh, the Clippers come in tonight. Who knows what's going to happen there? We'll talk about that in a bit. But um, I think that some of Joel's recent uh, outbursts are are like very questionable. And now they're Brian Windhorst reported earlier today that GMs are preparing for the idea that Joel could be traded or on the trade block this summer. And that's scary to think. But I'm going to be honest with you. And this goes to everyone um, that's saying that's breathing a sigh of relief that Joel is joking. Joel hasn't been the same this year. I think that's because Al Horford's in the lineup. But if you're going to be this guy, this MVP, this defensive player of the year, and please understand that we have been incredibly patient with Joe. I mean, it's no secret. You know what I mean? This has been a thing that everyone's talked about over the last few years. Whoever, other than Markel, who outside of Joe have we been this incredibly patient with? I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, we sat here and watched some of the, the, the craziest stories come out about him from the Shirley, Shirley Temple saga to to just all the all the trolling and all the talking without having won anything. And it's fine. Because we love the talent. We, we love that he he does get the city. But how many years is he going to come in out of shape 
before we're going to say, hey, uh, Joel, maybe you should come in in shape this year. And and maybe like in the fourth quarter, I shouldn't see you looking like you're going to pass out. I mean, Joker is came in noticeably fatter and was still very productive. I, I don't really get it. And for him to troll whoever he's trolling, let's say he's trolling the fans. That to me is a spit in the face. That's not funny. It's not comedy. That's a spit in the face for a fan base that's shown nothing but love. Part of what I think he might have been shushing to, yeah, maybe he was shushing uh, Shaq and Chuck and all these guys, but let's keep in mind that the fans were constantly booing uh, the other night against the Bulls. Rightfully so, because the Bulls are trash, all right? They are not good, and we are in a dogfight with the Bulls at this point. At home, while Furkan's going ballistic, we can't defend I, did Tobias play? I'm not even sure, but that's another story. And here we are, and here comes Joe shushing. Is it shushing the boos from the fans who deservedly are booing? Because we've waited for you to ascend. We saw you last year and said, man, this year he's an MVP candidate. And instead, you've regressed and you've taken a step back. Um, so are you shushing us? You know, more injuries this year, the finger thing, uh, you know, the finger thing, whatever. I mean, that, that you know, that's kind of a freak accident. Um, we've seen guys play through it. I, I don't want to advocate for playing for through injuries. However, I'm going to say this, and this kind of irritates me because he came back early from the finger thing. Uh, and lo and behold, he comes back early for the All-Star break. And he did this two years ago and then got shut down right after the All-Star break. So... Did you come back for the All-Star break? Because I'd rather see you and your shitty body language not come back before the All-Star break, sit out the All-Star game, and actually be healthy. But, you know, who knows? What do I know? Um, so he's taking a step back. And, and I'm just here to say, if, if the choice is going to have to be made, and this sounds crazy because I was pretty much shitting on Ben for the first two months of the season, but if there's going to be a choice made and and we're just going to see Joel pounding around, because what really bothers me the most is the body language. I mean, it's just not there. He's just not there. He's not engaged. And I get it. So you're you're on the court with a guy that maybe you don't fit next to, you don't like playing with. But you know what? Brett has done a way better job and Brett has his issues, but he's done a far better job of staggering the lineups so that you're not on the floor with Al as often. It just seems like you're starting the game, starting the, the second half and ending the game with Al. So there's no excuse for those times to have the same body language, to be less engaged on defense. I mean, this guy doesn't look like the defensive player of the year that he said he wanted to be. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, there are just other superstars we know that if if you're not scoring, you're going to make impacts other in other places. Joel's a younger guy, maybe a little bit immature, um, but is the body language bothers me. Jimmy comes in last year. Jimmy and Joel strike up a friendship. Jimmy is commenting on his status, and now there's all this, all this smoke in the air. And where there's smoke, there is fire. And I don't think it's a joke. And if it's going to be a fact that he's going to go or force his way to Miami, then so be it. Because I, I just. I'm not going to be held hostage. I'm just not going to be held hostage by a guy who, while is, I mean, listen, at Joel's best, and I've said this, I've said this, maybe this is hyperbolic, I don't know, but I've 100% said that Joel's 
ceiling is like the greatest center of all time. And I don't back down from that. Um, if he reaches the ceiling is another question. It's, it's quite the ceiling to get to, but he has the potential for it. Um, and you know, but, but if he's going to force his way out, he's going to force his way out, man. Listen, and, and, and credit to Ben. Let's talk about Ben now. Cause that, that's pretty much all I got to say about Joe. I'm not going to be held hostage. I'm just not. This is not a troll job. We are not the ones to troll. Who are you trolling? Say say a name then if it's not the fans because, shit, we don't deserve it. We've been here supporting you unapologetically, unconditionally. I mean, you're, you've been our guy through all of it. Through your shitty Raptors game, your 0 for 11 Raptors game, through the other night at Boston. And we don't say a bad word about you. And it's very noticeable. It's noticeable nationally that we treat you with white gloves. We treat you like OKC treated Kevin Durant. Honestly, we don't ask for much. Meanwhile, we're here begging Ben to shoot three-pointers that he doesn't shoot. <laughs> like, we were begging Ben. And we're giving Ben the hardest time. So let's let's talk about Ben. Listen, the first two months of the season, Ben wasn't Ben. And maybe that's also because Al is in the lineup. And listen, you can see it. It's noticeable. And actually, I'm sorry, one one aside, because there's one very glaring thing that people seem to have forgotten here. And that's that when Shaq and Chuck called out Joe for playing like trash a month ago, and then Joe went out the next game. I forgot who that was against because my memory isn't good. Um, when he went out the next game and dominated, the thing that nobody has pointed out is that Al did not play that game. And that is the clear, very, very clear indicator of how he performs. So now to Ben. Ben has started this streak, been on fire over the last month. And lo and behold, that started when Joel hurt his finger. And he really just took off. I mean, he's been engaged defensively all year. He's been at another level defensively. He's been our best defender. On ball, help defender, all of it. He's been our best defensive player. It's probably not particularly close. I mean, Matisse has been fantastic other than some like very horrible fouls uh, and some foul trouble. But Joe has not been the menace that we knew he was last year and the year before. And it really kind of started trailing off last year. I think we, we really started seeing more guys finish in the rim, a little bit less worried about him. Two years ago, you were just not going to get near the rim. He was just always in the right spot. Now, he just, whatever. I, 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 I don't know. His feet just just not there. He just doesn't do the same thing as he does. He's not moving in the lane like he's done in years past. Uh, just, just when players are thinking about coming into the lane or thinking about doing something and Joel used to snuff that out before the play even developed. And now, I mean, we're getting, we're having guys get to the rim pretty often. Now the, the, the advanced stats would suggest that he's still the same or similar defensive player. And it, it probably is true, but it's just the eye test bothers me when I'm watching him. Uh, so again, but but to Ben and, and to 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 go back to what we were talking about, Ben has been our best defender. I mean, off ball on ball. And funny, the offensive, the advanced stats do not support him. Our the offensive rating of the opposing team is actually worse when he is actually worse when uh, is better when Ben is off the floor than when he is on the floor. Where somehow the offensive team. Uh, scores more points when he's on the floor, but that could be for a lot of different reasons, whether that's uh, just playing against, uh, you know, 
better units. He spends most of his time playing with Al, who again, we will talk about shortly. Um, he spends a lot of time playing with Al. So, uh, you know, who knows? Could be a lot of reasons, but the eye test tells us, I mean, if you're watching him, this guy has been just a difference maker on defense, shooting free throws at a high level. The other night he missed his first two free throws. And then I think he hit seven straight before his final miss. I mean, that's, that's huge. Seven for 10. I mean, that's pretty much all we can ask for. I don't think for me personally, and a few of my friends personally, we haven't really talked about Ben shooting threes. That hasn't really been our concern. I mean, yeah, it's a nice, it's nice that he could, that he could spread the floor. Sure. But I'd prefer, and I think a lot of us would prefer to just see him like finish more often, which he's been doing. He's been finishing more often at the rim, kind of just making his choice. I'm going to get to the rim here. I'm going to finish or I'm going to get fouled. And that's exactly what I'd rather see. I'd rather see a floater in his game. You know, if they're going to lag off you, if they're going to stand halfway between the rim and halfway between the basket and the foul line, then why don't you get a step into the foul line and float it? I mean, guys have made entire careers on just having a floater. I saw Joker float it the other day. You know what I mean? And now Joker is like a, uh, is just a wizard. I mean, I, you know, he's just incredible. So I get, I get how he has that talent. So if Ben could float it, I mean, things like that, I think are, are probably more likely. And if you take Al out the lineup, which hopefully happens tonight, um, you know, that gives the spacing we need. You get a guy like Furkan who's shooting at an incredible level over the last two games, obviously. Uh, you put Furkan in, and all of a sudden, the spacing on the court is, is a non-issue because that's the biggest difference. You see, the, the question was posed a few weeks ago, Ben or Joe, Ben or Joe, Ben or Joe. And I was part of the person posing this question, ready to trade Ben because Ben was frustrating me, honestly. I mean, he was frustrating me. And, you know, I'm an emotional guy. Everyone knows me. I'm, I'm emotional. And yeah, you know, at the tip of a hat, I'm just like ready to fucking throw myself under a bus if I have to continue watching the same shit. Um, but credit to Ben who showed up. And, 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 and when I took a step back and realized and really thought about it, I mean, listen, we have experienced success with Ben and Joe as our two best players. We've experienced success. We should have gone into overtime last year against the, the Raptors. Uh, and maybe that takes us to the Eastern Conference Finals, and maybe we can beat the Bucs. Maybe not. Who knows? But if we get to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, that's a huge turnaround in a few years. The the biggest change over the last year, I mean, yeah, Jimmy is part of it for sure. Jimmy was a big part of our offense last year, but I personally don't, we, we, I don't, think especially with the way we used Jimmy we didn't really use Jimmy in a way that was going to make him as effective as he could have been um we just don't run screen and roll it's just not the thing we do for whatever reason for for whatever reason Brett doesn't like a screen and roll so whatever uh but the biggest difference is that we replaced Al we replaced JJ with Al I mean, Josh Richardson is a better career three-point shooter than Jimmy. So just take him out the equation for one second. There are things that Jimmy does. Obviously, Josh and Jimmy are not the same player. But but Josh is kind of like a poor man. Jimmy does a lot of stuff coming off screen and rolls, hitting that mid-range jump shot, which is money, when he, especially when he's healthy. It's money. Um, but we replaced JJ with Al. So maybe we got better defensively, sure. But then on the road, we can't crack 100 points. The other night, a friend of mine asked me who our starting power forward last year was. 
And I had to look it up because honestly, I forgot that it was Wilson Chandler for a while. Um, so whatever, looking through my research to find out who our starting power forward was at points last year, uh, I came across a Lakers game where we scored 140 points. And I asked them, can you see this team scoring 140 points right now? I mean, that sounds like that's a that's a pipe dream. Put 140 points on who? We don't have the offensive punch to do it. And the biggest difference is JJ. JJ is gone, who I gladly shipped out of town and regret, sadly, because our spacing is a mess. So when you see better spacing, all of a sudden you see Ben attacking, regardless if Joe or regardless if Al is in the lineup. That has nothing to do with it. If you watch, if you're just watching the game, especially over the last the last week since Joel has been back. Ben has still been attacking once Al or Joe is out of the game. He's attacking, and that's what we need him to do. So credit to Ben. He's been incredible. Uh, Ben, I'm sorry for trading you 36 different times. At one point, I traded Ben for John Wall, who's... Who knows where John Wall will ever be ever again. I traded him for John Wall, hypothetically. I mean, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry, and I apologize uh, profusely for that, Ben. Uh, you have made me very happy. Although I don't know why you have all these scratches on your back. Please figure that out. Um, but Ben, you're the man. So let's take a second to talk about Al real quick. Cause the idea that Al is the Joel replacement already, if you've been watching this season, I mean, that's just out of the question. He is not a, uh, and I'm sorry, let me go back. Not a replacement, but the insurance for Joel, I mean, he just isn't. He just, he just isn't. Unless, oh man, let me tell you, Al right now is the subject of a lot of my ire. He's been the subject of my ire now for a few years, actually, since he was on the the Celtics, and he's come here now as a rogue Boston agent undercover to subverge our team. Um, because this guy, I mean, defensively, just isn't the same. I mean, if you're watching defensively, he just, just, I mean, against the Raptors, the, the Raptors game, we're just watching Norman Powell just dunk on us with with no regard i mean looking like 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 2010 blake griffin out here this is norman powell normal normal powell that's what we're gonna come just normal just a regular guy he's good i like norman powell don't get don't, don't get it wrong but just dunking all over us like we're just unimportant uh and al just not doing anything so here comes al <laughs> the other night you know hits a couple three-pointers shushes the crowd a few times getting all cocky really really feeling himself only to go over <laughs> seven the other night and one of the worst performances and I'm watching from my couch shushing him like I'm sh- I'm blowing so much air out of my mouth I could I could power a wind tunnel I'm shushing so hard because that's one of the the funnier just 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 the most hilarious ironic thing that could ever happen to you is to shush the home crowd who booed you and then the next game just shit the bed i mean just be horrible be absolutely abysmal al has not been good and that brings me to Elton brand who signed al maybe he saw al in the mirror he said man al reminds me of me in my heyday and i you know what i really really like al so i'm gonna bring him to this team, even though nobody wants to pay out $20 million a year, I'm going to go ahead and pay out $20 million a year. And it's just been shit. Uh, it's not been a good experience. Al, at this point in his career, needs to probably take the Iguodala role. Now, maybe, listen, because the same shit I got to give to Joel, I'm going to give to Al right now. 
Because maybe Al doesn't like playing with Joe. Right? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe these guys don't like each other. Maybe they do like each other personally. But on the court, obviously, it doesn't fit. The chemistry's off. And maybe Al would be better being a starting center somewhere else. Which is why we probably should have traded him. But because of the way trades work now... Trying to fill money when there's not a lot of stupid contracts out there is really, really difficult to do. So Al had no place to be traded. There's just nowhere you can't trade out of Portland because they're not going to take long-term money for a short-term fix. So where would you trade out to? I mean, it's just not a lot of options. Al, on this team, needs to take the Iguodala role. He's a bench guy. And that's it. Furkan starts. Uh, and so Matisse is ready. Hopefully Matisse's offense comes along. You you can't replace that defense. I mean, I listen, I don't care if 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 I mean Matisse right now is a better shooter than Andre Roberson, and Roberson was a starter. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's a starter in a Western Conference Finals. Um, so you you're just not gonna replace that. I mean, that defense is is too much to replace. Um and, and that's it. I mean, Al has to come off the bench. I, I just don't know what else to say. Don't ever shush the Philadelphia crowd again. Just don't do that. They're going to boo. They're going to boo if you're trash. And that's just it. We know what we're watching. We're not dumb. You know what I mean? There are a lot of dumb fans. Trust me. I mean, shit. You just go on Twitter. You're going to see all types of maybe we should try trading Ben for Steph and Clay. I mean, you'll see things like that all day. So, yeah, there are dumb fans. But listen, the home crowd knows. When the energy is wrong, the home crowd knows. <laughs> the One of our the the reason if 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 there's a reason why they call Philly fans smart it's because the home crowd knows so when the energy is shit they're going to boo they know it when something is wrong they know and they can feel it they're watching the body language so they're booing rightfully so it's your job to make us stop booing don't fucking shush us and then come out the next night and be trash cuz now you just look you're just walking around with the clown emoji on your face that's what you're walking around like al with your your beautiful eyelashes. Um, anyway, so that's that's my that's that's it. That's where we stand right now on the six. That's what I want to talk about. Shout out to Josh. I need Josh Richardson to be healthy. I'm a big fan of Josh. I like him a lot. Although I was willing to trade him if it meant getting rid of Al, which I would have traded for a bag of chips at this point. Uh, but I would not have included Josh in a deal for a bag of chips. Um, but I love Josh. Toby. I, <laughs> At one point earlier this year, I said Toby reminded me of the poor man of a poor man's Carmelo, and he kind of does. I mean, it's kind of his game. Um, just like this herky jerk, not necessarily going to beat you with speed, going to try to overpower you, get to the rim, uh, can be very ball stopperish at times. Um, but man, the last few, the last week or so, it's just been a mess. And and the, there are numbers that suggest he doesn't play well with. Joel on the floor, and that's unfortunate. I would like maybe them to be in a screen and roll. Maybe try a dribble handoff with them, Coach Brown. That might be nice to try. I don't know. Just a fucking thought. Um, but what do I know? I'm just a guy uh, behind a microphone right now. So um, so that's how I feel about Toby Matisse. I love Matisse. I would die for Matisse. I would kill for Matisse. I would live for Matisse, more importantly. Uh, and I will continue living for him. Because he he just is such a just a sweet just like a sweet genuine kid who just wants to play defense and anyone who plays defense that hard uh, as the old adage goes is going to learn how to play offense eventually um, just has to uh, he you know he had he had some moments earlier this year so I you know I just think he has to get back into the flow of things um, excited to see Glenn Robinson I mean. W- w- 
shout out to my friend TJ who brought this up the other week uh, or the other game uh, the other night I'm sorry about how much better the Warriors coaching staff must be because Glenn Robinson just comes in cutting out of nowhere and nobody on our nobody cuts I mean it's just nobody cutting ever except for Glenn Robinson apparently who clearly saw hey I could just cut here and get to open spots on the court like a basketball player so shout out to him uh, we'll see about Alec Burke. Uh, you know, I guess I'm guessing he's going to take Shake's minutes. Probably poor Shake. I like Shake a lot. Poor Zaire. Who knows what happened to him? That nut allergy really just ended his career. I guess. Uh, poor Zaire. Uh, just that's all I can say. Poor Zaire. Poor Kyle Quinn, who just thought he was going to get minutes here. But even I saw at the I saw pretty much when we signed Al, I didn't like it, and I pretty much saw when we signed Kyle Quinn. Well, this is interesting because. We have Al here already. So, you know, are we just going to play small? Are we going to just, what's the lineup going to be? Are Al and Joe are going to be on the floor and off the floor at the same time to give minutes to Kyle Quinn? Probably not. Uh, poor guy, I like Kyle Quinn too, but that's it. Brett Brown, the jury is out. Listen, Brett frustrates me, but in all reality, Brett has not had one consistent lineup here for but ever, pretty much ever, and which is what what uh, precluded the conversation about who was our starting power forward last year, and I forgot it was Wilson Chandler because we've had so many starting lineups already over the last two years, especially. It's kind of hard to hold Brett to 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 that. It's just difficult to hold him to that. How who is he coaching on a nightly basis? I, I don't know. It's kind of rough. He frustrates me, and I do believe that out of all the best coaches in the East, he's probably the worst one. Um, I do feel like he gets out coached, but listen, uh, against the Raptors, that was, that was an interesting chess match. And it, it actually gives me hope because, uh, there was a lot of stuff going on that, that series moving different guys to Pascal, uh, just playing different ways, you know, just, just altering our defensive scheme. Um, and it became a chess match. That's what pushed it to game seven. That's what made that so competitive only to see the Raptors roll through, the Bucks losing the first two games after an emotional game seven, they lose the first two games and that's the end of it. I mean, the, the, there's a story after they left, after they left Milwaukee, uh, what was it? I, f- I forgot how the series went. Either they went back to Milwaukee a- in game six and I think Kawhi said pretty much we're not coming back to Toronto or he, I think he said that like after game three, I, I might be wrong. I'll, I'll fact check that. Um, but pretty much said something either like around game three or four, we're not going back to Toronto for game seven. We're ending this in Milwaukee. And he knew that they won four straight. And then, you know, you, you listen, you, you, you play who you play. I mean, the Warriors, it it just, it happens every year. Somebody gets injured. It's just, what's going to happen. You play who you play. So is it all Brett's fault? I can't say it's all Brett's fault. Uh, it's some of it Brett's fault for sure. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, Things that adjustments that he should make kind of happen late, probably could get them done two weeks ahead, such as Al moving to the bench. You know, kind of feels like we're at least a month late on that. So, um, but hey, he at least got there eventually. So, you know, who's to say? Um, So that brings us to the Clippers tonight. Clippers are struggling on the road. Um, Just... <laughs> they they won their last game, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have their schedule up, uh, but most notably got absolutely blown out by the Timberwolves. I think that was Sunday night or Sunday or Saturday night. 
I think it was Saturday night, D'Angelo Russell didn't play that game, and they got absolutely crushed uh, by the Timberwolves, who seemed all too happy to have gotten rid of Andrew Wiggins, which is kind of, that's got to be hurtful if you're Andrew Wiggins. Um, and they just got demolished. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I, I watched the first half of the game. Kawhi and Paul George both played that game. Just they got crushed. Um, they have some flaws. Uh, they, they have some flaws for sure. Uh, but th- this could also be a little bit of, uh, you know, guys like Kawhi, don't, they don't care about the, the regular season. I don't think guys like Lou Will are too concerned about regular season wins. Paul George is probably somewhat that way. Same thing with Doc. They know what they're playing for. Uh, they know that in any series out in the West, that no matter what, they have two of the best players in the series, if not the two best players. I mean, if they see the Jazz, they have the two best individual players, arguably, unless you think Donovan Mitchell is is as good or better than Paul George. I, I don't think he is uh, completely better uh, as a complete player than Paul George. So I just, you know, they, they may just be playing for the playoffs. Uh, which which means that we have a real opportunity tonight to go into the All-Star break with a win against a team who struggles on the road. Uh, we have our own problems, but we're very, very effective at home, obviously, as Furkan is showing. Um, just shooting at ridiculous, I mean, just looking like Clay Thompson, the, the, the Turkish Clay Thompson out here. I think he's from Turkey. Uh, not Clay, but Furkan. Uh, so, you know, handle business. Handle business at home, go into the All-Star break with a win and with a smile, hopefully. Let's get some better energy. Lord, please uh, get out to the bench because that would make me nothing in this world today. I mean, there are things that would be great that could happen politically or worldwide that I I don't even want to talk about. I don't want to dirty up this podcast with that, but just nothing would make me happier. You know, nothing in the world right now would make me happier than Al going to the bench. Um, Cause shit, I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch this body language. Something needs to change. I'm not again. Listen, Joe, I love you. I've said you're the, 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 the ceiling on you is best center of all time. I a hundred percent believe that your Shaq with a three point shot is Shaq and Hakeem somehow morphed into this creature um, that when you're on, you are uh, something that no one has ever seen. I mean, you're stepping through people, just doing things no one has ever seen. But I'm not going to be held hostage. I'm just not. Because Ben brings it every night. We see it. We see it. We see him bring it every night. All right? So there's no excuse for you not to. And, and, and whatever Jimmy, whatever poison Jimmy left in your ear, he's been fucking spreading poison everywhere he goes, which is why I didn't want Jimmy here. Which bring uh, Just a quick... Elton, listen, listen, Elton, you're on the clock because you've now been doing some suspect stuff. And if Toby don't figure it out, that's another that's another negative against you. Matisse is a positive. All right. That's a positive for you. But we lost Landry. That's a negative. You pay Toby a lot of money right now. It's not it's not on the good side. Currently, you traded assets for Jimmy. Turn Jimmy into Josh. That was a good thing. Except that Jimmy came here and whispered poison into our boys' ears. So the 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 clock is uh is a ticking, my friend Allen. So let's hopefully these guys can figure it out. With that said, please like and subscribe. Uh for those of you who listen, I love y'all. Uh hopefully we can make this big. I am the voice of the people. All right. 
I know there's a bunch of other Philly podcasts, and I just, I just like they, I, the one who will not be named, loved Robert Covington too much, and that's pretty much when I knew I needed to do a podcast. All right, <laughs> just when I knew I needed to do a podcast. Um, so that's it. Like and subscribe. Much love to everybody. Uh, be good out there. Be safe.